plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hey, folks, it's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, a little bit later than usual on Monday, had to uh, travel back from Dallas early this morning. Uh, for the first time in six weeks, we are talking about a Buccaneers loss. Uh, a close loss, but a loss nonetheless. Uh, 26-20, final score at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Uh, probably not the way we thought the game would go. Um, lots to get to here as we look back on things here. But uh, Buccaneers found themselves down 17-3 late in the first half. Uh, get a field goal to get within 17-6 at the half. And then, surprisingly, uh, two great drives in the third quarter to uh, put themselves up 20-17. to 17. Uh, We're in a position to get what would be a huge upset if they could pull it off. Uh, and then the wheels kind of came off. Offense uh, could not move the ball at all in the fourth quarter. Uh, defense was able to hold Dallas to field goals, but they got a field goal to tie, a field goal to take the lead, and then one more to make it a six-point lead. And the Bucks just could not generate any kind of offense in the fourth quarter. Uh, a couple of sacks. Uh, Gosder Sherilis filling in at right tackle gave up two sacks to a guy named David Irving um, that really hurt the Bucs. Uh, Jameis Winston had two interceptions that were costly. Um, and the Bucks couldn't take advantage even when they got a turnover. Got a turnover in uh, Cowboys territory and could not move the ball at all. Uh, got a first and five and couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, so fourth quarter, uh, Bucks had 17 plays for a net 10 yards. Um, got outgained uh, like 118 to five by the Cowboys in the fourth quarter. Didn't get a first down until the last minute of the game in that quarter. Uh, so as much as they did so much just to uh, put themselves in position to win, being up in the fourth quarter, 20 to 17, uh, kind of let it get away. Uh, and again, uh, Cowboys are a great, great team. Not a good team, but a great team. Uh, and Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott were certainly living up to expectations um, Sunday night. Dak Prescott goes 32 of 36 from a completion percentage standpoint. At, 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 that's one of the best games in NFL history. Uh, that's 88.9% completion percentage. Breaks the uh, record for a Bucks opponent. Uh, Matt Ryan in that 56-14 game two years ago had gone 21 of 24. That's 87.5%. Uh, this is more passes and still a higher accuracy. Uh, if you look at games in the NFL all time with 30-plus passes, that is the second highest ever. Uh, if you go down to like 20 passes, you get a couple 18 for 20 games. Tony Romo actually had one uh, like two years ago for Dallas. But to throw that many times, uh, there's one Rich Gannon game. Uh, I think he was 33 of 37. So just a notch better uh, Dak Prescott, again, has been a remarkably accurate and highly rated quarterback as a rookie. And was that and more last night. I mean, the Bucs uh, did not do a jo- good job of getting to him, did not pressure him. They had they had three sacks, don't get me wrong, but uh, was consistently able to uh, hit the interme- intermediate routes, uh, like 10 passes, 10 targets, 10 catches for Jason Witten. Uh, only got about 51 yards, but, but really kind of moved the chains, if you will. Uh, Des Bryant 
bounced back from a terrible game against the Giants and had a pretty good game there. Um, and then Ezekiel Elliott. Can't say enough about Ezekiel Elliott. He finished with 159, um, and a lot of those came in the fourth quarter. I mean, he had a 40-yard carry. He had, uh, I think, four carries of 10 yards or longer in the fourth quarter. Uh, the 40-yard was the big one. They got the ball, pinned the Cowboys deep at their own six, and after two carries, they're in field goal range. Uh, so big, big game for Ezekiel Elliott. That's the most for any player against the Bucks in nearly five years. You go to go back to week 17 in the 2011 season. Michael Turner went for 172. That's how long it's been. Uh, so, again, in both cases, uh, the big players for Dallas stepping up, uh, helped by that off, awesome offensive line, and beating the Bucs. Uh, rough game for Jameis Winston. Uh, again, had a great third quarter. Had uh, two really nice touchdowns. Got a, a juggling touchdown catch, 42-yarder to Adam Humphreys, and then came back and hit Cam Brate on a sweet catch to go ahead right at the end of the uh, third quarter, near the end of the third quarter. Uh, and then Winston struggled again. I mean, this is a guy who had four turnovers against the best team in football. You just can't do that and expect to win. Uh, two of them are, are mild, kind of harmless. Had a Hail Mary at the end of the half that, again, had no difference to the outcome of the game compared to any completion. Uh, then had a fourth down pass on their last drive that, again, no different from an incompletion. So uh, the other two turnovers were bad. Had a sack fumble. Just, just did not see somebody coming. That set up the Cowboys, I want to say, like inside the 20. Um, easy short field as they jumped ahead to that 17-3 lead. Uh, had another bad interception where he just just sailed a throw. He was trying to get out of Humphreys and sell throw the safety. <coughs> and that set up uh, a field goal there in the fourth quarter. Anyway, uh, the big thing to look at as we move forward, a couple of injuries to note. Uh, Will Golston dislocated his elbow, uh, had his right arm in a sling, uh, they can reset that, but usually that's not something you can come back from right away and play. It's a painful injury. Once it's reset, you're okay, but often there can be some uh, collateral damage, if you will, to the elbow in the course of it being dislocated. So we'll see on Will Golston, but that does not look good for him. Uh, very painful injury for him very late in the game. Um, we'll be interested to see what happens at right tackle. Goster Sherrill got benched at the end of the game and gotten beat on two sacks. Uh, against that David Irving, and they actually put Leonard Wester in, undrafted rookie, uh, had not played a snap in the NFL until last week, and got his first work at offensive line. So the the easy answer on that one is that they need to get DeMar Dotson back from his concussion and get him back this week, uh, especially knowing that New Orleans had so much success with Cameron Jordan as a pass rusher when they played them two weeks ago. Uh, Saints look good. Saints put up 48 points on an Arizona team that held the Bucks to seven points in the same stadium. Uh, so that will not be an easy game. The Bucks go to New Orleans on Saturday afternoon, uh, Christmas Eve. Not an easy game, but a game they need to win. Uh, we get to playoff picture. I want to talk about that. Uh, Bucks no longer control their old destiny. Uh, they are at 8-6. and six. They would be the eighth team in the NFC right now. The Redskins are a half game up. They play tonight. Uh, Bucks fans need to be Panthers fans for the next two weeks. Uh, Carolina plays the Redskins tonight would greatly help the Bucks to uh, beat the Redskins. If the Redskins lose, the Bucks just about control their own destiny again. If they win out, it's just a matter of tiebreakers, um, some close calls, but they're at like a... If the Redskins lose and the Bucks win out, I think it's like a 97% in the playoffs deal. So, barring a very specific set of circumstances, uh, the Bucks would be in. So, 
Panthers beat the Redskins tonight. That's a big help. Panthers beat the Falcons next week. That's an even bigger help um, in that the Bucks need the Falcons to lose one of these last two and for them to win out. Basically, they have to win more games in the next two weeks than the Falcons. If they do that, they win the NFC South. They get to host a playoff game. That's kind of the simplest playoff answer for the Bucks. Win more than the Falcons in the next two weeks. You're in the playoffs as NFC South champ. You're hosting a wild card uh, like a day or two before the national championship here in Tampa, which would be crazy. Uh, and then the wild card is a little tricky. Uh, wild card, a couple different teams in play. The main teams besides Washington that the Bucks are contending with are the Packers and the Lions. Uh, Lions have the NFC North lead right now, but both the Lions and the Packers are in a position where if they win out, they win their division. So uh, Lions have to go to the Cowboys on this, this weekend. Uh, that's unlikely to be a win. The Bucks need that to be a loss for the Lions, to be honest, because if the Lions win that game, the Lions would have the tiebreak against the Bucks based on a better record against common opponents. There's lots of these tiebreaker phrases I'm going to say, and it sounds like a strange language, but you kind of get used to it here uh, as you talk tiebreakers and wild cards and all that. Um, Bucks would like to see the Lions lose out. If you can do that and get the Lions to 9-7, and seven, uh, the Bucks would be in a good position to win the tiebreaker. They can win one of their last two. Uh, again, they need the, the Redskins to get beneath them as well. But if they get to the point where it's just them and Detroit at 9-7, and seven, they could win that tiebreaker on a better strength of victory, as the NFL calls it. Uh, but anyway, Packers, uh, if the Packers end up being the team that loses and the Packers are in a wild card with the Bucks, say, at 9-7, and seven, uh, the Bucks, it's really tight right now. It would come down to strength of victory, and it literally is within one game. Um, this is like 100-plus games that help decide this, and it's within a single win and loss of being a tie right now. So very close. It will come down to how the teams the Packers played do in the last two weeks versus how the teams the Bucks beat do in the last two weeks, which seems amazingly peripheral, but when you have... When you're getting to like the fourth tiebreaker, which is what this is, that's what you have in the NFL. You're having your future hinge on how the teams you beat play. And honestly, if the Panthers win tonight, Monday night, it's a dead tie in strength of victory, which is what the NFL calls the next tiebreaker. And it goes to strength of schedule, which means every team you played, how they fared on the season. Um, And even that, which has, I don't know, 200 games we're talking about now. Um, there's two games separating the Bucks and the Packers. Like the Packers opponents have 99 wins and the Bucks win the opponents have 97 wins. I know this sounds like gibberish, but it, what the thing you need to understand is is that these teams are ridiculously close, and this could end up coming down to the smallest thing in a game that seems to mean nothing in Week 17. We'll see how it shakes out. Obviously. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, so, again, this is a game where the Bucks, you know, let one get away, if you will, uh, but played well. If you had told me that the Bucks would lose by six points on the road against the best team in the NFC, perhaps the best team in the NFL, uh, a team that's a week removed from an 11-game win streak, it's not that bad. Uh, they were a seven-point underdog. They lost by six. Uh, they got some breaks. Dallas missed two field goals. Um, but, again, I mean, the, the Bucks have won five games in a row, had won five games in a row, with turnovers being a huge part of it, with takeaways, with winning that battle every week. And they were minus three on Sunday night against the Cowboys. Uh, they got one turnover, got a fumble from Jason Witten, which is great. Uh, but they had four turnovers, all from Jameis Witten. You can't do that 
uh, and beat a good team when you're minus three in takeaway margin. Worth mentioning that Quan Alexander had a sick game. Quan Alexander had 21 tackles, uh, fourth most for any Bucks player in team history. Uh, Derek Brooks had a 23 tackle game and a 22 tackle game. Hardy Nickerson had a 22 tackle game. But then next is is Quan Alexander tied for the fourth most. 21 tackles. Uh, it seemed like half of them were Jason Witten. But Quan played really well. It was funny to hear him after the game. He took offense this week uh, to the great Skip Bayless, uh, former Dallas columnist guy who very much a Cowboys guy. Uh, Skip Bayless made the point. He said that uh, the Bucks. He said the Tampa linebackers are smallish. He said uh, Quan Alexander does not like being told that he's undersized. So took that out on the Cowboys on Sunday night. Twenty-one tackles. Quan's only two hundred twenty-seven pounds, so he is small by NFL standards. He just doesn't want to hear that, let alone from uh, Skip Bayless. So it was fun to see that. Uh, fun to see Quan have as good a game as he did. Uh, but also some quiet games. I mean, no Spence, third game in a row, had no tackles. Zero tackles. Uh, Spence had a really big play, don't get me wrong, where he drew a hold from Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith might be the best left tackle in the NFL. And Spence beat him bad enough where he had to hold Noah Spence, and it negated a touchdown. I mean, Cowboys had what would have been a decisive go-up-by-two-score type lead, and uh, instead they get a, a penalty. So a big play. Uh, Noah Spence said he just took him to the ground. That's a big victory. When you're a rookie in the NFL and you can beat the best left tackle in the NFL, even if it's only one play, uh, that's a big play. And, again, took points off the scoreboard for Dallas. Uh, So Noah Spence there. Gerald McCoy held without a tackle. Uh, Again, Gerald McCoy does a lot of things besides try and get tackles. He's occupying two players uh, much of the game, uh, but had no tackles. Um, we still don't have snap counts, so kind of hard to read that. One of the things we had wondered about last week, who the Bucks would go with at safety, uh, with Chris Conte coming back from injury and Keith Tandy playing so well. The answer is Keith Tandy. Uh, played well again. Keith Tandy, I think, had 14 tackles in this game. Uh, just a crazy amount of tackles, active all over the place. Uh, Chris Conte was kind of relegated to a special teams role, played a little bit of defense, but not much. Uh, had two tackles on special teams, so props to Chris Conte for... Uh, doing well in a new role, in a different role than he's known all season. Uh, but anyway, that's that's things there. Going to wrap things up here. We'll have uh, a newsier Tuesday than usual. Um, we get Dirk Cutter this afternoon, and then there's no Tuesday off this week because it's a short week leading up to Christmas Eve. So we get uh, Dirk Cutter this afternoon. We'll have news from him for tomorrow's podcast. And then Tuesday is a full day of access with conference calls with opposing coaches with Todd Munkin on the podium and Dirk Cutter on the podium and Jameis Winston on the podium with open locker room for 45 minutes. So lots of information coming out. Uh, We'll still keep doing the podcast uh, all the way up through Friday. Uh, No days off here for the holiday break. But anyway, this will wrap it up for episode 101. Happy to be in triple digits here. Uh, But that'll do it. Thank you guys for listening. For the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com, this is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. We'll be back uh, more of an early morning podcast tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.